if you want to, to you know empower yourself be the best you can be you have to make yourself the priority and other people will understand that because hopefully other people are also wanting to make themselves the priority Welcome to the Rustic Affair podcast, a show that helps to inspire and empower listeners to become the best version of themselves by bringing you engaging guest speakers who share their powerful stories of transformation and change. My name is Krista Nicholson. I'm a teacher, conference host, and women's empowerment entrepreneur. Thank you for today for joining us and listening to this episode. I'm excited to share with you the story of my special guest speaker, Heidi Lisso. She is a life and personal development coach from the southwest of England who helps busy and corporate women to remove the feelings of being overwhelmed by creating better work-life balance without sacrificing career success. Today, she discusses setting boundaries at work and in life to help minimize stress and create that balanced life that people deserve. Thank you very much for joining me, Heidi. How are you this morning? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So tell me a little bit about yourself. And Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so um, I'm Heidi. I'm a founder of Coaching with Heidi. So I'm a life and personal development coach. And I mainly help kind of busy corporate women to remove the feelings of overwhelm and stress to create a better work life balance without sacrificing career success. So still trying to be really positive in their careers, but, you know, making sure they're making time for themselves as as well. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's a very interesting and exciting kind of coaching, coaching niche. And in my spare time, um, I'm very much a fan of dancing. So like lots of dancing and musical theater. And I'm also a massive Disney fan as well, which I'm sure lots of people are, but very Disney obsessed, um, especially Alice in Wonderland. I do collect quite a lot of Alice in Wonderland collectibles um, and occasionally use some of her quotes um, on my Instagram as well. So you may notice that (laughs) if you have a browse, (laughs) you'll come across some Disney, (laughs) Disney quotes on there as well. Hey, that's fantastic. No. So tell me a little bit about uh, more about this corporate uh, work-life balance around the corporate uh, world, because that usually, usually balance and for lack of a better term, usually balance doesn't come with corporate um, success, right? There's usually that idea of, you know, if I just work harder and that kind of stuff, that's how you climb the ladder. That's how you gain success. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. So I do appreciate that there's still elements of obviously needing to to work hard and obviously you still want to do well in your corporate career. But I think this is something that for me, I've noticed, especially during COVID as well and the pandemic, because I think has really kind of affected this and changed this a lot, where we obviously had to start integrating our personal lives, our working from home life into our careers. And at first, I think there was a difficult transition of that. But over time, people have started to find, you know, what works well for them. Some people aren't going back into the office full time. So there has to be that give and take of, you know, of that seamless feel. And I think with corporate well-being, that is something that's become a a massive 
thing over the years as well. So mm-hmm. I'm also a mental health first aider. So I know the the toll it takes on someone to, you know, want to speak about their mental health and really talk about mental health in a positive light and about positive mental health. And I think, yeah, over time, it's just become more and more apparent that people need that type of support. And to do that, yes, career career success is really important and working really hard is important. But in order for you to sustain that, I think it's about sustainability. You have to really start to think about yourself and what's going to work for you. And in order for you to be successful in your career, you if you're if you're working hard every single day, you're just going to burn yourself out. And that's basically what happened to me a couple of years ago. And that's sort of what triggered me to then realize that I cannot continue in this way. I still want to be successful in a job or now I've decided to take, you know, start my own business, but I still want to be successful in that. Yes, I know I need to still work hard, but there's got to be a balance there because if I just continue in the same way, I will eventually burn myself out be signed off, be very stressed and will not be able to be successful. So it's a, it's a definitely a balancing act, but I think it's one that, um, that we all need to kind of, yeah, think about and really take care of ourselves moving forwards. So tell me about the transition from working from home, from the corporate place. How was that? Yeah. So for me personally, um, it was a really difficult transition. So it was very personally for me, it went from, we were just about to do an office move as well. So we were in the process of packing up our office. We were just about to move to a brand new, lovely premises. And then two days later, we were told to obviously work from home and then never come back. (laughs) And uh, it was quite a stressful moment of we'd already kind of packed ourselves up anyway, but now it was packing up to, to go home. And then suddenly you're faced with using Zoom and other ways to communicate with colleagues. And I think, yes, initially it was quite a difficult transition just to be shut off from being able to speak to people, just kind of get up and ask a question. And there was a lot less collaboration when we suddenly went online. But then over time, it did get a lot easier. For me, I felt like that's when the idea of boundaries really came into play because suddenly I felt like I had more flexibility working from home. I could assert boundaries a lot easier because at the end of the day, I could literally just switch off, you know, tell people that I'm leaving, switch off my computer and then and then, you know, carry on with my life <laughs> after after work. And I know a lot of people did struggle with that. I think a lot of people worked longer into their nights because there wasn't an obvious cutoff. But for me, it was the opposite. I actually felt like being at home, there was already a, a way just to set an alarm, shut down and sort of move away from the space that I was working in. And that's what I started to help people do. I started to help other colleagues understand that just because we're in a pandemic and just because we're working from home doesn't mean that you have to continue working into the night longer and longer just because there's no physical environment that you're leaving from. Yeah, Um, absolutely. So over time, it just got to that point where we're helping people, you know, start at a certain time, have a bit more of a morning routine, because rather than having to, I used to commute on the bus for about 45 minutes and rather having to do that, I was then changing that into, I did like a month of yoga in the morning. I was, you know, going on maybe a morning walk. Some of, some of my colleagues were going on morning bike rides. So almost wow. doing like a fake commute, but just doing like a, a bike ride to come back. And I think that really lifted a lot of, a lot of spirits. So I think initially it was a shock, but then over time 
it got easier. But then what I would say is what's happened now is that we're still in this unsure phase where some organizations and companies haven't quite decided what the plan of attack is going forward. So I think this is quite a a prominent time for us to realize, okay, am I going to be in the office full time? Am I going to be able to do flexi work? Am I going to have three days a week at home, two days in the office? Like what is that? What's going to work for me? Making sure we can communicate that that to our employer, um, have that feedback, have our say and kind of do what works for us. And I want that to almost be in people's minds, like just because we're coming out of this and it's a, it is that new normal. I'm going to use that phrase uh, it is the new normal, but you want to make sure that you can carry on certain you know rituals or certain things that you've done and routines that you have you want to be able to encompass that into the new normal so that's this is I think this is more important this this time right now where we're transitioning back into the office is where you want to continue asserting your boundaries where you want to continue the routines that you have um, and transition back into that to ensure that your well-being is still being looked after whether you're at home or in the office you bet why do you think it's so hard for people to assert their personal boundaries? Because I know even myself, I'm a person who struggles lots with that. And, and I'm, it's, it's a constant work in process. But why do you think people struggle so much with boundaries? I think uh, there's quite a few struggles with boundaries. I'm not going to lie. It's not easy. It's not something that's going to just happen overnight magically. Even myself, we all, we all have the struggles. But what I would say is it comes down to a couple of things. A lot of things around feeling guilty. So a lot of people, I think, have a very guilty feeling about setting a boundary. They are worried about what is my colleague going to say about me? What is my manager going to say about me? What are my friends going to say about me? I think a lot of us care so much about what others think of us rather than what we think about ourselves and actually how much better it will be for us. We never put ourselves first. We always put ourselves second in these scenarios. So for me, I think the feeling of guilt is probably the the biggest reason that people struggle with the boundary. But alongside that, I think it's because people don't take the time themselves to understand, okay, what what boundary do I want to set? Because we don't have to set boundaries everywhere. We don't want to be rigid and live our whole life with these boundaries. We want to have flexibility, but people don't sort of stop and think right actually this has been happening you know this is this this repeated thing has been happening a lot for a long time I don't enjoy this so how can I assert my boundary here and sometimes it's because it's it's something that's happened for so long we can't then kind of retrace our steps and and then now assert the boundary because it feels wrong to go back and say actually now I'm not happy with that or I'm going to say no to that because you've done it a million times Mm -hmm. before so I think yeah we struggle with the guilt we also struggle with the fact that if it's something that's been repeated over and over again we don't want to have to go back and change that um and that's that is really tough uh and obviously you're not alone everyone everyone feels the guilt I know that's really apparent in in everyone Absolutely. Well, it becomes a ha- it becomes like you were mentioning, it becomes a habit. And because it's repeated over and over, people find it really hard to undo that habit. And unless you're being really intentional about it, and I think that's a big piece of your work too, is really helping people find that intention of personally setting those boundaries and going, okay, so how do I transition from the workplace to uh, working from home or even setting boundaries in general? And what does that look like? I think that makes it very difficult for people. 
Yeah, I, d- I definitely think so. And, and it's interesting that you say that about the intention setting, because that is that is really important. And that's one way that I get people to work through that is by really thinking about what is the reason I'm setting this boundary? Why do I want to set this boundary? And every time they falter, you need to go back to your why of why am I setting this boundary in the first place? What was the reason I set this boundary? Because like I said, it becomes a habit, then hopefully over time it will build into a habit. But whenever you get go back into your old habits, it's reminding yourself of why you set the new habit in the first place or why you set the new reason. And yeah, it's just really important to go back to, to, to know why you're doing it. Because if you don't have a reason why you're doing it, then don't do it. <laughs> like if it's all if it's all Absolutely. fine at the moment, don't do it. But there, there, there will be a reason. Uh, you just have to kind of take your time to sit with yourself and and realize what that reason is. Mm-hmm. absolutely and to find your motivation behind that um mm. because motivation i think is a big piece of being able to be intentional and being able to share and i think lots of people struggle they they have that motivation initially but then they really struggle with that piece of uh, uh really struggle with that piece of maintaining that motivation because i think it's not only just motivation that you need because i think motivation waves uh, it kind of ebbs and flows and it's not always there. So you have to be, I guess, disciplined in initially versus the motivated. Yeah. And I think motivation is a, an interesting, obviously, whole topic in itself. But what I would say is, to me, I always think about action before motivation. So before, in a weird way, you kind of have to set the action, do an action. And then once you've done the action, you can start bringing the motivation to continue doing that like building up on the motivation to continue doing it to me motivation doesn't come first the action you deciding what action is going to be is what propels that forward and then the motivation is what keeps you going um that's always been how I've how I've seen that but yeah motivation obviously is important to keep the habit going but what I was going to say is when you find the motivation what I what I try and focus on is is when you're setting that boundary what is it you're saying yes to because you're saying no to something you're saying a time limit or you know you're finishing work at a certain time or you're saying no to a meeting or whatever it is what are you doing instead like what what is the thing that you're doing instead and obviously it can just be resting it can just be you know something unproductive of course or it could be for me I try and tell people to focus on something that brings them joy what's the thing that's going to bring you joy in that moment that's going to help you be happy about that and then that feeling of happiness and euphoria and joy and excitement is what's going to propel you again forward beyond motivation I think it comes from feeling and if we can do something that lights us up and then we feel Mm -hmm. happy about it that's what's going to help us remind ourselves of like oh yeah I need to set that boundary because it's going to make me feel like this because I get to do x y or x y or z um, so for me, it was about dance classes. So I knew that I was like, well, I have to finish at this time because I'm joining in, you know, even in COVID, an online dance class. It starts at 5.30. Like I'm signing off and joining that dance class and that's going to make me feel really happy. And the times where I worked longer and missed it, I was then just miserable in the evening, woke up the next day feeling miserable. And you get into that cycle then of just feeling a bit Absolutely. down. And and that's why you then remind yourself and you go, oh no, I set that boundary because I want to do this to light me up and cheer me up and all those things. And it's a knock on effect. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so important when you mentioned doing things that bring you joy, because I think too often, I think that's also 
part of that guilt factor we were talking a little bit about earlier with feeling guilty and finding things that bring you joy. And uh, so what would you suggest that people, so finding joy, what are some things that you would suggest that people would do in order to find themselves joy? What is the, the premise of being able to find joy for themselves? That's a great question. I mean, it's obviously finding joy is very different in everyone's context. So everyone has a different version of what joy means to them. And I think, again, going back to that emotion side, you sort of want to sit with yourself and think, if, you don't necessarily have to meditate. I know people do meditation. I do a little bit of meditation, but I'm not going to tell you to meditate if that's not going to work for you. But you do need to sort of just sit with yourself, get a pen and paper and just think about times, times in your life that were really happy. Like just think about good, happy times, happy moments. And what was it that you were doing in those moments? Was it speaking, like calling a friend? Was it going, you know, to a, on a nice walk? Like what what were you doing in those moments? And it can be, really really simple and I would always advise you to start with the simple things in life that <laughs> that bring you joy <laughs> yeah. um, and that's almost where um, things like gratitude lists can also help so I think starting by just sitting with yourself and thinking about times that yeah brought you joy and then from there building up to actually you know writing three things a day that you're grateful for and I'm sure within those great moments of being grateful one of them might be a, a thing that brings you a lot of joy and that's then something you can utilize in that moment but yeah you just need to kind of sit with your feelings and think about what lights you up like what is it is it just putting on your favorite song and dancing around the kitchen um is it having you know um yeah is it kind of a lot of a lot of again a lot of my colleagues used to use like art so a lot of them were actually a lot of them were painters which was quite interesting um so they would do a lot of painting and that would just be one a way to just kind of de-stress from the day but also it really brought them a lot of joy just kind of grabbing a paint set and I even just went to a local craft store in lockdown and bought like a paint by numbers I think almost going back to going back to your childhood and thinking like what were the simple things that were just so really easy brought you joy. Mm-hmm. that really brought us joy oh just doing like you know painting a money box or a paint by numbers or and I think as adults we think like well I'd buy that for my child but you can buy it for yourself like there's no there's no rule <laughs> against what what is allowed to bring you joy when you were a child or when you're an adult um and sometimes the, the most simplest things are the things that one help you distress but also will make you feel feel better so I think it's just about yeah kind of unlocking reminding yourself of what things brought you joy in the past and then bringing them back into the present and you can write I obviously do have a journal so I just write pages of like joy lists so I'll just write things that light me up I'll have it accessible and then if I am feeling a bit down or like say when I want to assert a boundary I'll mm-hmm. go and pick something from the list that I'm gonna insert here <laughs> when ah, I set neat. the boundary or yeah uh, do something like like that so Definitely. yeah they're just a couple of simple simple ways you could introduce that feeling Awesome. Well, and I think that's so important to be able to go through because I think there is a huge disconnect even from when you were a child to when you're an adult, because you assume all those adult responsibilities and you think, well, I can just, you almost abandon the things that bring you joy. Um, And it's really, yeah, it's definitely has changed over the years and you just assume, well, that's just the way it is. But in fact, realizing that that's your, basically your primary thing that have brought you joy all these years so I think that's very important to be able to connect with those childlike things that you that brought you joy at that time yeah it's so important for sure 
So as we transition back from our place of work at home to our corporate careers, because some of us are moving back into that, what suggestions would you have as they move back from home, not only just with the boundaries, but what would you suggest from them moving from home back into the corporate setting? What are some things that people should keep in mind and consider when they do that? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think when you're moving back into the, yeah, say the corporate, the corporate world, going back into the office, you just really want to focus on still putting yourself first because it will feel like everything's clouding you because you'll have colleagues coming back here. You've got man, like there's just a lot more stress and, and noise. And you just want to make sure that there's moments in your day that you are just checking in with yourself, just checking in with yourself and how, and how you're feeling mm-hmm. and yeah, where, where you're feeling right now and whether you need a, a break, whether you need to speak to someone, whether you need a bit of social time, just really being quite self-aware and bringing that back into your daily routine in the office because it is going to be busy it's going to be very manic I'm sure it is um, especially in the first few days so you just want to make sure that you're giving yourself time and even if that is I mean I used to do it quite a lot where I physically wrote in my online calendar like break and like had reminders set for it which feels very clinical but sometimes to build the habit you've got to do really visual obvious things Um, and I think that's a really nice place to start and think about how you're feeling but also go back with expectations in your head. So have set your own expectations of what you want to happen when you Mm -hmm. go back to the office and also make sure you're communicating those expectations to your employer, whether that, whether you are able to speak to your manager about it, that's obviously a good, good starting point. If it needs to be someone in HR, that's also a great starting point. If you do happen to have sort of a well-being committee, you know, well-being advocates, because I think more companies are starting to have those as well, that's also a good place to start. So when it comes to boundaries, it's the most, to me, the most important thing is communicate, communication and it's communicating, communicating and over communicating many, many times over and over again, even if it's the same boundary again and again and again. So getting to grips with feeling confident with you can rehearse it at home you can rehearse what you're going to say I used to write things down for before I used to ask my manager these things I used to just write in my notebook what I was going to say to him because I wasn't sure (laughs) I'd practice it I'd feel comfortable with what I'm going to come to him with bring up and then I go in and feel much more comfortable about it and yeah have those expectations set and 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 also I think it's about not having to feel like you need a reason why either, which I think is another probably thing from before about the guilty thing. It's also people expecting to have to over complicate things by over explaining the situation. And, and that kind of comes into over apologizing and all that sort of stuff. Which so, actually makes it worse almost. Yeah, it does. So you just want to go in really clear with what you want, how you want it to go down, keep it really, really simple and don't apologize or over apologize for it. You state what you need and then you you, you, you shush <laughs> you're quiet and you you wait to see what they what they respond with um but yeah I think it's just about being kind to yourself as you go back into the office um it's something we're all still learning to do obviously everyone's going to be adjusting um understand that these things do take time so even if you are starting to go back and assert boundaries in the physical environment it isn't again going to be an overnight thing you're going to have to just slowly add these things into your kind of 
day to day, build them into a, into a habit as we've discussed, and just know that it is okay to reach out for support. So like I said, if you have got colleagues you could reach out to, if you are able to speak to a manager, a team lead, a HR, a wellbeing person, or if you do need it, obviously a therapist or someone like me, like a coach to help you get back into it. But there's no, there's no point holding it all in and being worried about going back into the office. I'm sure we're all struggling with that anxiety, but it's only going to help you if you can talk about it, if we can find solutions, if you can move forward in a positive, a positive way. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, set your expectations, be flexible, be consistent and communicate. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Well, tell me a little bit more about communication and the, well, not only the importance of communication, but how should a person go about in communicating their boundaries, et cetera, to others? Yeah. So um, communication, like I say, is, is really important because you and I think again it's where people get nervous because they worry that they're being too stern or they're going to sound like being really horrible by saying no but this is where I think to me the the power of saying no comes into into play so really when you're setting a boundary it's not always about just telling someone your boundary it's actually about they ask you to do something and you have to say like no thank you or I really appreciate you asking me but actually xyz have one thing and and move on so when you're communicating it's just being like i said really clear really clear really confident and again these are things that you can work on yourself or work on with other people um yeah being clear with what you want having that expectation and not apologizing because if we keep saying sorry (laughs) about the boundary or sorry sorry like i don't you know it gets very people won't necessarily take you seriously and which is quite a big statement to make, but actually the more you set boundaries at work, you won't realize the more respect you actually gain. That's what I found really interesting myself. The more I actually was saying like, no, I'm setting my setting my hours. I'm only working till five o'clock and I'm signing off. You got a bit of a, oh, okay, that's really cool. Like she's doing this. And then you almost become a bit more of an inspiration to other people in your office. And everyone's like, oh, Heidi's so good at setting her boundaries. Like I want to be able to do the same. Um, And it's really important that we all do. So I think, yeah, communication is, is being just really clear, being really confident. And it's, it's about not saying sorry and apologizing all the time for it. It's just being assertive and saying what you want and not backing it backing down out of it not not worrying about it and if you are worried about who who you have to speak to like I said there might be other people that you can go to first if going to a manager is a bit extreme or feels a bit intense then it might just be you need to speak to a colleague first to see you know get their take on it see if they have similar feelings to you because likely they do Um, and then it might be a HR route or a well-being route rather than straight to your manager route because I appreciate that can be harder um to deal with so don't yes, always feel absolutely. like you've got to go to the the top person there is always going to be someone else that you can hopefully someone else that you can go to in an organization um at that level um so do start do start there really and then yeah when it comes to kind of saying no I do actually have a workbook all about this but um, it's really about you know reframing the idea of of no so you know it, and by saying no again it's going back to your why it's all about you valuing yourself so you're valuing the commitment to you you're valuing valuing your own well-being you're recognizing what your limits are you are 
being comfortable in telling someone what you need and how you want to be supported in the workplace and that is not selfish that is just basic need that is your basic needs and your basic rights um and I think it's really important so when you are trying to assert a boundary or say no to someone you want to do it in the most polite way so you do just want to be really polite and it's not like you're just saying no forever sometimes you are just saying I've got a really tight deadline this week so can I get back to you in a few days time or it's I don't feel comfortable helping you with that right now or I'd love to help you but I'm focusing on something else right now so I can't um or I'd love to help you but maybe next week it's just kind of working out you know you're still wanting to be positive with your colleagues your manager absolutely but also when you assert that you then they hopefully will start to realize you've got too much on your plate because when you start saying no a lot they then go oh actually so what are you working on oh I'm working on this 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 isn't it oh no I can't give you any more like maybe I shouldn't give you any more work absolutely and the only reason the only way they'll realize that is if you start saying no because if you pile on too much you'll start burning out they'll think why is she taking time off and you'll leave because she's on sick leave whatever it might be and that's where we kind of don't feel very empowered anymore because we've kind of given our power over and now we're struggling with the well-being and it all kind of spirals so if we can just be really assertive from the beginning it's actually going to help your manager out it's going to help you out and hopefully it kind of makes a more harmonious overall working environment so always go in polite saying that you're happy to help but just it's not going to work right now um and kind of try and give another alternative to when you might be able to support instead um but yeah it, it really is important and I know it's scary, but it does, it does get easier. <laughs> it does. It does for sure. And that whole saying no, being able to communicate no, which also leads to that confidence, right? I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with as well is the confidence and confidence in themselves to be able to set those boundaries. And that actually helps empower them. So what are some ways that you would suggest that people could increase their confidence? Yeah, confidence is a great topic. <laughs> Again, a whole probably whole podcast episode on that. But um, in terms of confidence, I some of the things I go to straight away with people is knowing your strengths. So again, it can be in a work context or it can be out of work. But you write down all the things that you know you're good at, um, and that just reminds you of how good you are at your job or how good you are at certain skills. You can write down. Um, yeah, it can be accomplishments, it can be successes, it can just be skill set, it could just be general strengths, whatever it is, that's really going to help like, kind of make you feel good about yourself. So I think that's a really good starting, again, starting point. Um, you can also, I like to use this with a lot of my clients as well, where we talk about someone that we admire for their confidence. So you might see someone at work that you admire for their confidence or it might be some sort of celebrity or speaker or someone out in the world and you start to analyze you know why they're why do you think they're so confident like what is it about them that makes them confident is it how they speak is it how they hold themselves is it the words they use and then start to over time emulate the this that person and you know you're almost like you're playing a role start, exactly you start showing up as that person hundred percent. Yeah. And over time, once you're sort of just being them, eventually, yeah, that confidence will just naturally be there because you've just been practicing it, but actually you've been doing it. <laughs> it's not just been practicing it. So yeah, writing down your strengths, looking at someone else that you admire that's for their, for their confidence is a really, really good one. Um, and also just, um, 
obviously I do a lot of, uh, I like using affirmations, but to me that a lot of work has to happen before you utilize affirmations. So there's a lot of inner work that comes from creating mm-hmm. a, an empowering belief or affirmation. There are lots you can pick up, pick up obviously on, but they're not really going to work unless you've done the inner work to get to it. But if you have done some inner work or you kind of are in that space or you've worked with a coach or a therapist, then there will be affirmations that can help you that you can repeat to yourself in the mirror in the mornings. Um, I normally do this during like my skincare routine or brushing my teeth. I'll be like thinking about them in my head. Um, and again, they have to resonate with you. They have to be personal to you. To you. you they have to make sense to you to really resonate. But that's just for me a really simple way to just kind of hype yourself up in the morning before you start work, um, telling yourself how good you are and, you know, everything's great and you're going to have a great day. That's a really just nice way to, to start your day and, and feel feel confident so yeah I would say affirmation work does work but it just needs a little bit of pre-work to really really work (laughs) if that makes sense oh absolutely well and I think there is this big movement of using those affirmations and all that sort of stuff and I, I like you said I think there is a lot that goes into affirmations, but there's a lot of pre-work that definitely leads to that. So then for myself, you basically were talking a little bit about routine almost. What are some of the routines that people need to be really focused on? So, you know, you can develop your confidence that way. You can uh, make sure that you're being really intentional about things. How important is routine for people to be able to um, create that sense of confidence, et cetera. How important is routine for people? I think routine is important. Obviously, as we alluded to earlier, it's still important to be flexible. We don't want to be regimented. We don't want to be living by loads of rules and (laughs) boundaries and feeling very restricted. But personally, for me, routine is what helps me do these things. Routine is what helps me build them into habits. Without a routine, we can't build habits. So yeah, for me, a routine is really important. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to, ideally it would be a daily routine or a daily part of your day where you'd put a reminder in to do something. Um, and over time it would just become a natural thing that you just do. So it would, it, it would still be a routine, but it would, because you're doing it every, every day, it wouldn't feel as regimented because you don't have to put a reminder in anymore. You don't have to put in an alarm or whatever it might be, because actually it's just become part of you. And it's not really a routine. It's just part of your something you do in your life. Um, and that's na- naturally what you want a routine to become, just a part of your day, as if that's just normal. Um, but yeah, I think it is important to have a bit of a morning or daily ritual that you go through to, to cover that. If you really want to work on your confidence, then you need to be revisiting this stuff daily. You need to be focusing on this stuff, even for just 10 minutes a day. Like It doesn't have to be a long amount of time. Um, what I do say to people though, in terms of that joy that we were talking about at the beginning is that actually in an ideal world, you would set aside 30 minutes of your day for yourself, 30, just 30 minutes. And I don't think that's much in a whole day, (laughs) the amount of hours that we have and the amount of time that we give to our jobs. I don't think 30 minutes is much of a issue at all. And that will really help relieve stress that will really help you know just be at one with yourself you know know what your needs are and and bring a bit of joy to yourself so I would say start small 
But ideally, if you can give 30 minutes a day to yourself and as part of that 30 minutes, you might have a bit of routine. You might just do something you enjoy, whatever it might be. But that is a good way to um, implement some kind of routine by just setting aside 30 minutes and and don't do it at a silly time like, oh, I'd be making dinner here or, oh, I'd be going to the gym at this point or, yeah, like, oh, I'd still actually be working because I did that. I actually started to put it in at a time where, oh, actually, I'd still be I'd still probably be working at this time. I was trying to set a really early boundary of like, I will not work overtime, but naturally it just sort of happened. And I thought, actually, if this is going to work, I have to be realistic with where I'm going to put that 30 minutes. So I moved it later into the evening because I thought actually by then I've finished work, I've had dinner and this is when I'm going to give myself that time. So don't put it in a time where you know you're not going to actually do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's what I would say to that. And I also just wanted to jump back to... um, when we were talking about um, affirmations. So um, one thing I wanted to add there is um, I use something as well called reminder mantras. And this is all about when you're building a boundary. Um, So it's telling yourself things like, it's okay to set boundaries. So when you set a boundary and you feel guilty and, and selfish and all these things, you then remind yourself and say, no, it's good that I'm setting a boundary Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. it's okay to set boundaries or whatever you want to kind of what sentence you want to create that's going to help you. And that again, will help build the habit and it will make you remember that it's okay to do this. You've got to almost, yeah, reprogram your brain, tell yourself that it's absolutely okay to do this. Um, And that's just like a reassurance thing, I think. And that kind of helps just a little bit of that removal of the selfish and guilt and that will just hopefully, yeah, remove that a little bit. So that's something to try if you don't want to try like affirmations just trying when you set a boundary telling yourself that that was the right choice and that was good and even if people reacted badly that's not a reflection on you (laughs) it's okay to do it and I did it and that's good for me and it's good for everyone excellent excellent and if you had three pieces of advice that you'd be able to give anyone to empower themselves what would they be oh to empower themselves um Mm -hmm. I am going to take a couple maybe of what I mentioned already, but being kind to yourself, like Rome wasn't built in a day. I love that expression. Um, So if you are wanting to really excel in your career, for example, you can do that. But if you don't look after yourself and be kind to yourself and find the pockets of time to find the joy in your day, it will lead to burnout. So you need to be kind to yourself always. And it's something that I am still very much learning. Um, I have, um, I guess this is not really a a piece of advice, but it's more like a little mantra that you might've heard before, because I think I found it from somewhere, probably on Instagram. Um, But it's where we'd say, no matter what happens, when you're trying to empower yourself, you can always reset, readjust, restart, and refocus and you can do that as many times as you need to so it's something that we definitely do in coaching like you're always gonna you know I've gone through like you say your limiting beliefs and your affirmations and you do that every single time something comes up for you that you're struggling with because we talked about a lot today like confidence is whole is one thing boundary setting is a whole other thing so every time you're doing that you can reset yourself you can readjust the boundary you can restart the boundary if you forgot to do it you can refocus on the boundary remember your why so you can literally use that for anything (laughs) as many times as you as you need to um so yeah be kind to yourself kind of the four r's mantra 
and I think just make yourself a priority and I know that's really probably quite hard for some people to hear but I just think if you want to, to you know empower yourself be the best you can be you have to make yourself the priority and other people will understand that because hopefully other people are also wanting to make themselves the priority obviously Absolutely. we're still going to see friends we're still going to be you know good at our jobs we're still going to help colleagues we're still going to you know do things for our manager but at the end of the day your life is yours and you don't want to get to near the end of your life and, and regret things you didn't do or just feel like you were giving 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 to everyone else and never giving to yourself so yeah to really empower yourself I think you need to make yourself the priority and the priority every day check in with yourself every day and make sure that everything you're doing is in alignment with making yourself the priority fantastic so I have one final question and then I think we're just about ready to wrap up Heidi (laughs) amazing so yeah you've done a fantastic job so thank you very much for that um so my final question is what is your definition of authentic empowerment? Because rustic affair means authentic empowerment. And so what is your definition of authentic empowerment? Ooh, authentic empowerment. Well, obviously for me, authentic is very much about being, we talk a lot about being your authentic self. Um, and for me, that's very much about living by, especially as a life coach, it's about living by your true values desires and beliefs so um I can't, I can't think how to put that into there so um so I guess for me in order to the empowerment part I guess to empower yourself is to ensuring that you are living every day by your values beliefs um and desires and I talk to this a lot about people that I coach with in terms of even like their careers it's being one thing is being successful in your career but it's also knowing that you're being successful in the right career and if that career is not aligning with any of your des- true desires or your belief system or your values then it's really tough but maybe we need to relook at that so so yeah when we're talking about authentic empowerment I think you're you're talking about what it truly means to be you and living in alignment with what your true yeah values beliefs and desires are to truly empower yourself to to live your best life excellent thank you very much thank you for listening to today's episode make sure to check out our other great episodes on any platform that you use to listen to podcasts as well if you want to check out what else rustic affair is up to check out our website at www.rusticaffair.org where there's lots of great things going on with rustic affair the rustic affair podcast becoming the best version of you